This is Audio EXP for the 25th of April 2020, and the title of this episode is Warhammer, One Punch Man and a Bucket of Freebies. Since we last spoke, Geek Native has launched some new features. I'm going to chat about them in this week's podcast, while also pointing out some of the week's freebies, movie and RPG news. So, why don't we start with hundreds of free ebooks? They might be handy if you're stuck and bored at home. In a bit of a test, I created a table with nearly a thousand free books. They come from two sources, Drive-Thru Fiction, that's the sister site of Drive-Thru RPG, and Project Gutenberg. The latter is an effort to collect lots of public domain classics and make them available in lots of handy digital formats. I can't quite get the CSS to behave, but if you forgive me that, even if I fail to get that fixed, you should now have easy access to hundreds of sci-fi, horror, fantasy and other genres. But I'm not actually reading that much while in lockdown. I read a lot for work, so I prefer my spare time to have virtual contact with other people. If that's you, then knowing about Tabletop Playground might be useful. You've probably heard about Tabletop Simulator. That's a program that lets you recreate board games online and play them with friends. It's hugely dominant. Tabletop Playground is an attempt to challenge that dominance. While Tabletop Playground isn't testing, it will be free. A board game that I doubt will ever see brought to life by any tabletop simulator, due to the heavy trademarks, is the newly announced Warhammer 40k Risk. That's right, Hasbro's classic Risk game of strategy has been skinned by the OP with Gamesworks' blessing to become a Warhammer 40k game. You're not struggling to control Earth. You're fighting four other factions for control of the planet Vigilus at the entranceway to the Great Rift. Good luck. You can see why I don't think either Tabletop Simulator will get away with a cheeky, unofficial version of that mashup. Mind you, sometimes the things I can't imagine happening, happen. I never thought we would see an official version of Solo Play Carcassonne. But that's what the owners, Hans and Glick, have given us, though. They're available with both English and German PDF downloads. Now, as Hans and Glick kept on changing the URL where you could find that download, Geek Native has mirrored the English language rules. Another new way to get a game this week comes from Magpie Games. Magpie is best known for their Masks superhero RPG, and more recently the hugely successful Kickstarter for the Root RPG. That's a role-playing game based on the Root board game, in which you are animal factions battling for control of a forest. There's no evidence to say that the forest is at the entrance way to the Great Rift, though. What Magpie Games have done is launch their curated play program. Usually, when a tabletop publisher launches an official play program, they offer support and rules to GMs and shops who want to run officially sanctioned campaigns. Not in this case. That would be impossible with a lockdown. Magpie Games are selling tickets, generally for about 10 bucks, to virtual tabletop games of Mask. They provide the GM. I think this is lovely. If you're really bored and desperate to game with people, then you can buy a ticket and finally get to do some role-playing. I do think, though, that this is a step on with the evolution of professional GMs. This makes charging for a game more of a mainstream thing. Geek Native's own professional GM... Ben Jackson Ellery's latest genre police is alive. 
This article looks at the importance, but also the responsibility and dangers of continuity in RPGs. If you're learning to GM, even if you've got plenty of experience, I think you'll find the article helpful. We now have way more than 50 genre police articles on the site, and while they're all tagged genre police, I thought it was time to make it easier to find them all. The solution, and we've foreshadowed this, is a searchable table. So there's now a genre police RPG tips archive. You can search genre police articles by their title or by keyword. Okay, so we've got two searchable tables at Geek Native, but the real experiment is the Karma Queue. Behind the scenes, there's a labyrinth of Google Sheet functions, yep, spreadsheets, and Google Dashboard presentations. Why would I inflict that on anyone? Well, I'm trying to help. It's a fact that some tabletop publishers are struggling. No conventions mean no easy way to launch their next important game. No shops means no way to sell those profit-making books. My hunch is that many gamers would help out, but perhaps don't know where to begin, given the sheer volume of publishers who would appreciate an act of kindness. It's also hard to know what actions are helpful. So, the Karma queue surfaces two publishers at a time, the two at the top of the queue, and it suggests three things you can do to help. If you want, you can help a publisher. If you want, you can record that you did so. And, if you want, you can give the system a name. Your act of kindness always helps. If you record that you did a thing, then the spreadsheet updates so that a different publisher might be recommended to the next visitor. This way, we can spread those acts of kindness around. If you choose to give a name, then the system might show your name or whatever name you provided in the top 25 helpers. It's early days. The system might never hit the mark, but at least it doesn't hurt. Given all the changes and experiments on the site recently, I've added a new top navigation option to the blog as well. It's called Resources, and it lives right next to the link to the chat portal. Let's stick with the idea of helping other people for a little while longer. I saw an interesting idea from an artist called Sean Sunday. Sean has designed and is now selling player screens for 5e. I mean, you get the idea of a GM screen, a stand-up accessory on the table that hides notes and dice rolls, and which can be used to show a summary of the rules. The player screen is smaller, designed to give some personal space, but also remind the player of some critical rules. Sean explains that some neurodivergent players might struggle to remember the rules, or even find them in large hardbacks at the table. And the hope is that the player screens are an alternative way to make tabletop gaming easier. I think it's worth thinking about because so many people play RPGs these days. It won't be a surprise to know that 2019 was D&D's best every year. It's more surprising that, here in Europe, Wizards of the Coast are just getting around to celebrate that. They launched an infographic of details. You can see that Watsy think of D&D as a media title, as they like to talk about the thousands of years worth of content people have created or consumed for it. What Geek Native readers noticed, though, was that the breakdown of ages and the demographics of people who play the game stops at 45. Is Watsy Europe really saying that no one older than 45 plays D&D? I doubt it. I think it's just one of those things that slipped through the infographic production process. On the topic of production processes, we won't need to speculate when Soulbound, the RPG, production process might accumulate. We now know 
that the new Warhammer RPG is due out May the 4th. That's the latest that Cubicle 7 think the book will be finished. And in the meantime, they've given us the Black Ark Corsair archetype to look at. Harry Potter. Wait, pretend I didn't say that. We are going to stick with new RPGs and talk about the latest game from Renegade Game Studios. This game will use their Kids on Bikes RPG system. What's the new game called? It's called Kids and Brooms. It's about making friends and discovering mysteries and adventure while attending magic school. Kids on Brooms is due out around August, but Renegade has not said whether or not it's delivered by an owl. We also got a look at Eton Alpha this week. That's one of the three official settings in Cortex Prime. And those are in addition to the 25 other spotlights already announced and planned for. Backers of the delayed Kickstarter now finally have their copies of the game too. Before we leave RPGs and wrap up this podcast with some other geeky gaming news, I wanted to talk about the just-launched Crown and Dragon RPG. This game uses Savage Worlds Adventure Edition and turns Stephen Hunt's For the Crown and Dragon novel into a tabletop game. The book is an alternative history story in which the Romans struck a deal with a demon, got access to magic, conquered much more of the world as a result, but broke it in the process. There are now monsters everywhere. It's one of those times when discovering a new RPG makes me tempted to track down the source material. Okay, so I said I had two bits of other geeky news to finish with. The first is that the Jumanji writers Scott Rosenberg and Jeff Pinkner are attached to the One Punch Man live action. According to reports, Sony trusts the writers and credits them with Venom success. Make of that what you will. I actually think Jumanji writers would do well with the One Punch Man's commentary on the superhero genre though, and it's easy to see why Sony fancies the series. The last bit of news in this week's episode is about the last Xbox One X bundle deal that Microsoft will ever do. If you want, you can now get a Cyberpunk 2077 themed Xbox One X. I mean, it looks great, but it's never easy buying a console when the spotlight is on its successor. There is, however, a host of other Cyberpunk 2077 accessories, like a 2 terabyte hard drive from Seagate that might tempt you more instead. And on that note, let's call it a wrap and mark our diaries to catch up next week. Speak to you then.